A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. The Walk Culture Wrestling Podcast! Please, would you join me in welcoming to the stage the entire crew? First off, excuse me, the order that lined up there. Andy Murray! Kuwait! Michael Sidgwick! The car dilf, Michael Hamlet. Miller, your last. Phil Chambers! Adam Nicholas! And your host for this evening, Mr. Simon Miller! Oh, real disparity, that's really good, that's really good. I think, I think you might be the most over. I'm just going off that. Right, we all sat down. We all happy? We all healthy? Yeah. I was worried one person was going to go, I'm sick. It's good. Right, everyone's been introduced, so welcome to the podcast. I do apologise. This is going out properly as well, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yes, yeah, so I, yeah, yeah. I do apologise for people not used to my voice on this podcast. And as we get told at the time, it's because we all hate each other, obviously. <laughs> we all hate each other and we don't get on. So, we are going to be a bit freeform with this, as we always are. But I thought we'd uh, start... Who saw the Triple H interview with Ariel Hawani, literally that dropped about an hour ago, two hours ago? Anyone seen it? Anyone that nerdy apart from me? No, just me. Good. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, I watched the first two questions on the train and then Excellent. we had to get off. There we go. There we go. So, I had to drive here. I thought, I'll put it on. That seems a good thing to do. So, there's a, you should watch it. It's really interesting, especially all the stuff he talks about, uh, about his heart issue that he had and his health and kind of inspirational and sad and motivational, etc. However, the thing that has got everybody talking, as always, is that Ariel said to him, oh, did you, did you actually, there was a rumor recently that said you wanted to burn AEW to the ground. Triple H is like, no, nah, we don't focus on stuff like that. Give it a minute, give it a minute. And then he said, oh, you beat our developmental territory. Big deal. So, <laughs> I, I thought I'd open that up to the floor. What are our thoughts? Is this just like a PR spin? Because we get it, right? Ariel Hawani is that kind of guy. He had to ask a question like that. So is this just, you know, a work brother? Or is this a shot at AEW that people will talk about forever? I can feel Sidgwick burning <laughs> at this question. <laughs> it's, just, uh, it's, it's just needle dick energy. <laughs> right, cast your minds back to Survivor Series 2019. Can you remember what happened? Yeah, NXT beat Raw and SmackDown because they were desperate to make it seem like the brand. I'm not getting worked by Triple H. I'm not getting worked. <laughs> honest, honest. He's just a fucking dick, isn't he? He's just a needle dick. This is awesome. not a good time to be calling Triple H a dick, brother. I can see all the T-shirts, right? There's lapsed fans here. There's Austin 316. There's Hitman. There's AEW fans. Brody Lee. We've got Budge over there. Got the young bucks. No one, no one cares about Triple H. <laughs> Does anyone care about Triple H? 
That's so mild. It's like one of his there it is. It's like one of his WrestleMania matches. Is there a Triple H T-shirt in the crowd? Anywhere? Anyone got a Triple H T-shirt on? Has anyone, anyone got an NXT T-shirt on? There. Is anyone Triple H? <laughs> Paul, are you there? He's in the building. I really like Triple H. I just want to throw that out there. He like changed my life. <laughs> I know. I, that's why me and Cedric are at opposite ends. It's like positive versus negative. We can't be together. We're like batteries. No, I do. Because, I mean, in many ways, I'm not saying that he is, you know, free of criticism, far from it. But on a genuinely, a very personal level, as cheesy as stupid as this is, he's the reason I started going to the gym, right? And that doesn't tie into wrestling or what he may or may not have done. But when something, <laughs> oh gosh, this doesn't translate to audio. Uh, when, <laughs> But like when something you know gets under your skin as much as that, I, you, you do always have this kind of you put them on a pedestal a little bit. This is just me balancing out as I always do. You may have noticed this in videos. Does anybody else have an opinion on this? Uh, I, I think that this Triple stuff H. is oh, interrupting Phil. <laughs> I will say I do have a soft spot for Triple H because he was in my favourite match of all time because of how much Mick Foley put him over in the year 2000 in that Royal Rumble match of the year, uh, in 2000, the street fight. It's always going to be my favorite match of all time. It's like, it, as a kid, it was like the pinnacle of what wrestling could possibly be at that time to me. So I'll always have a little soft spot for him. Most of the stuff that happened, like, t 2002 onwards, I can probably forget. <laughs> Not going to lie. He tried to chase me off the thing I love the most for, like, 20 fucking years. But, <laughs> but because you're sat in that chair, I feel like I'm disagreeing with my dad. Like, so my dad is, That's I'm right. Like, I love you, Miller. It's like, actually, was Triple H all right all along? I don't know, like, you know. I mean, uh, NXT, NXT was like, amazing for like four years, and I never saw that coming. Like, Triple H like, felt like he was reaching out to me, and I imagine loads of people here, to like, I'm, I'm really sorry for all that, can you be my friend? And then just booked a wrestling show to that end. And then this AEW stuff, it's like, they were just better. He doesn't like to, I don't know if this ever came across when he was a wrestler, he doesn't really like to lose. And I think <laughs> that sort of reflects itself in little statements like that. No, I, again, there are certainly things you can say, but I think this kind of ties into what we do for a living or what people tell us on Twitter. Of course you have soft spots for people, but you just do, right? I mean, I'm sure it's the same with all you guys and Bias. the people listening. Yeah. yeah, you have biases. Like, you just do. <laughs> I've never got to say this before. We are not journalists. <laughs> like, we're idiots that somehow, get, that somehow get to do this. And I know we're all privileged by it, so I would have probably imagined that maybe I do kind of look past certain foibles just because at a very impressionable age he had an you know had an influence on me so you can even the reign of terror when i was watching it I mean, it's not my favorite era of wrestling but i just kind of shrugged my shoulders and if it had been somebody else i probably wouldn't have done so that's where the bias comes into it and i think that's kind of an interesting chat sir can i ask a question sir i thought it was father no no, no to me yes sir he's your dad okay, dad here. Right, okay cool yes well, yeah, we've got some whole issues going on in this <laughs> crowd don't worry about that have you ever a genuine question have you ever met Triple H before? I mean, not specifically. And if you did meet him, would you, what would you say to him? I'd give him it, a pedigree. He's had, well, he's had such an impact on your life. As a oh, yeah, I would tell him. I think, I, you, like, I was very, very lucky enough to meet... Man, why are we talking about my nonsense? We're going to get through this quick. I was very, I was very we don't know what we're doing. We've established <laughs> that already. <laughs> I was very privileged to meet Metallica in 2015, 16, whatever it was. And I got to tell them, you changed my life. Thanks very much. And the rest of the band didn't care, but Lars Ulrich did. So that was good. And I think it would be the same to that. If you actually get to tell the person who, you know, I mean, like, yeah, I don't want to get too much into it, but without the gym, I don't know what I'd be doing right now. That became my base. 
for when, I mean, I've talked about it on my own videos. Like when I was being bullied and stuff, I found a gym when I was like 16 years old and that was the, <laughs> this is supposed to be the silly podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the thing that not got me through it, but gave me confidence and allowed me to be me, drop the microphone. <laughs> um, I've totally lost my train of thought. What are we talking about? I've never well, met I was, him. I was no, saying. so if I did meet him, but I, I did bump into him in a lift, which is why I said kind of. And Vince McMahon. That's my story. I was in a lift. I went to SummerSlam. What was the SummerSlam when Brian beat Cena and then... Which one? 2013. Was it that long ago? Jeez, dig my grave. It was SummerSlam 2013, and I was just happened to be staying in the same hotel as the wrestlers. It happens, right? And I got in a lift, and these four massive security guards came in, and then in walked Vince McMahon. And I was being pushed into the corner, like, oh my gosh, he'll never hire me now. And that was, that's my... <laughs> I don't think you have to worry about that interaction anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my Vince McMahon story. And then literally, I got out of that lift, and I went down an escalator, and coming up on the escalator next to me was... Da -da -da -da, Lita. No, it was Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> and that, yeah, I should have said something then. But you can't... I'll do it for the light. If you're going down like this... And someone's coming out. You can't go, thanks for the gym. <laughs> what a freak. I will say I was there when you met Repo Man. So if you were, would be half as happy as you were in that moment meeting Triple H as you were as Repo Man. People think it's a joke. Yeah, I love Repo Man. I think Repo Man defines wrestling. Find me some, any other form of entertainment media where you'd be able to do that without being ridiculed. I know he's ridiculed a bit in wrestling, but the fact he's able... <laughs> to do it. He was really happy about that. There you go. Those are the kind of meetings that are awesome. I want Andy Murray to say things, and he was going to say something, and then he wasn't allowed, so... Yeah, I don't understand the concept of everyone speaking in turn. Um, I think that things like Triple H saying, oh, you beat our development, or whatever the wording of it was, I think that this stuff is tremendous. I don't care what side you're on. I, for me, the great thing about professional wrestling is that literally every other sport in the world, every other mainstream sport... Everyone who participates in it is so media trained. It's so boring. You watch Match of the Day, no footballer, apart from Erling Haaland, who swears twice, uh, has a single thing to say beyond, yeah, we played well, you know, team effort, blah, blah, blah. Wrestling's the Wild West. I love this stuff. I don't want my promoters to get along with each other. I want them to hate each other's guts because this stuff is fun. It's a ridiculous over-the-top pantomime. I don't want Triple H being polite about AEW. I want him to feel upset that Dynamite defeated NXT most weeks. I want him to feel fronted. I don't want them to go and, like, you know, sign everyone and, you know, <laughs> strangle the market or anything. But for me, this stuff's fun. It's entertaining. And I don't care if he's right or wrong. I just want to show. <laughs> I think I agree. Who Sums agrees up with our that? content quite well, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Who agrees with that in the room? Make noise. Hey. There you go. You're over, Murray. Sweet. <laughs> Does anybody else have any other opinions on Triple H before we do some live fun? The second half of how I got into wrestling stories about Triple H. My man wouldn't let me have the sticker book when I was five. And then when I was in high school, uh, someone had the Jim Johnston CD, which had that Triple H tune. You know, before he had the Motorhead song. That, that, my time, that was on it. And I heard this. I said, I don't care what this is. I will now become a fan of whatever this is attached to. Perfect. And it turned out to be uh, my cousin had Sky Sports, which was the only person in the family who had it. Slept over there. They had Raw on on the Friday night when it was on Sky Sports at 10 o'clock when you didn't know anything that had happened and it was the big start of the weekend treat and I was just I was hooked. That was like, for, like a couple, for a couple of years I was like, this is the best thing in the world but it was that Triple H theme tune. So technically it's not Triple H, it's Jim Johnston but that's, that's my contribution to the Triple H discourse. It's not about Triple H but I do have a story about meeting your hero wrestlers. 
uh, because obviously I'm quite a Mick Foley fan. Uh, and we went to see him on one of his uh, like speaking tour things when he came over to the UK. And uh, did a meet and greet afterwards. Got so flustered meeting him, I completely forgot how to do finger guns. And I have this <laughs> incredibly dorky photo of me smiling like an idiot next to Mick Foley, just kind of going, so yeah, that's my story anyway. I love it. Especially because people on the podcast be like, what's he doing? <laughs> so you brought up Jim Johnston, which is actually quite topical of all things, because he came out this yeah, week, I meant didn't to do he? That. That was great. And he said, all wrestling theme music sucks. I mean, I'm paraphrasing for legal reasons, but that was his, his point. He thinks there's less superstars because of the music. Now, I actually have an interesting take on this, because I think he's right when it comes to WWE. I think he's wrong when it comes to AEW. Not all the songs, all, some of the songs could use more personality. But for example, just to throw one out there, I think Sting's AEW theme is like all-timer. I love that thing. When you said that, there was some violent head nodding going on around. So I think that's a, that's a pretty... I didn't finish the sentence. I just okay, thought someone would pick it up. I was waiting for somebody else to jump in. Would you, would you not be really pissed off if you were Jim Johnson? In terms of songwriters... All those years, all those themes, all those people earn so much money because of what you did, and he gets nothing now. He should like be I, in the Hall of Fame, probably. I right? wouldn't be saying all. I wouldn't be saying like. <laughs> Jim Johnson's here. If I'm Jim Johnson, I'm not saying all themes are terrible. I'm saying all WWE ones are, and I'm getting a job with AEW. I'm working with Mikey <laughs> Ruckus because the man deserves getting paid more than he does. Like it's, it's a soundtrack as much as anything else, and nobody. I can't think of any sort of other industry where he wouldn't be getting residuals or whatever. And he gets nothing, does he? Yeah, no. He's been left out. It's quite insane that that man isn't earning loads and loads of money from wrestling at all times, right? How does Jim Johnson not have a job in this industry? It's ridiculous. Like, unless he's got a ridiculous asking price or something. Who knows? But <laughs> like, <laughs> We've done loads of really good setups to bring out, like, a surprise guest at some point. Like, Tripp would have been really good. Jim Johnson would be really good. We've got nothing for it. This is it. This is it, I'm afraid. Adam, were you going to say something? I thought you. I was just bow on my field, to be honest. Uh, okay. Just having a nice time. But I, I like Jim Johnson, if anybody else wants to know that. Um, but in fairness, in fairness, Jim Johnson's good and all that, right? I, I like WWE themes. Everybody loves the ones from the Attitude Era. Those runs of CDs used to do were unbelievable. But it's not wild thing, is it? Do you know what I mean? Like, you can write as many songs as you want. Here he comes. Here we go. I got him. Rules. I got him. Licensed music rules. Don't be a cheap bastard. Just make the people stop. Pay the money. Yeah. Mikey Ruckus is excellent at what he does. He's very, very good. Very versatile. Yeah. Um, but yeah, licensed music. Just don't be cheap. You are earning millions upon millions, hundreds of millions upon hundreds of millions for these TV rights deals. Stop being a cheap bastard. Pay people, pay artists music to make the, the, the music and the presentation better. Like everyone remembers the Royal Rumble this year. Like no one knew what the songs were. Yeah. It's a farce, an absolute farce. Like my mom, like used to put up with uh, wrestling when I watched it when I was like five, six, seven, Coliseum video in the living room. To this day, she still talks about Dusty Rhodes' WWF theme because it made such an impression on her. And no one's mother is going to talk about Happy Corbin's theme <laughs> in 30 oh, years. Oh no, wait. Because no. it's shit. Baron Corbin had a good theme. The Jim Johnston one. It was the last theme he did. End of Days. That's a good song. That was a really That's underrated song. song, by the way. But yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there. It's just one of my favourites. And yeah. I hate, I love Happy Corbin. I do. I love Happy Corbin, but I'm really sad. I'm sad, Corbin, that that music changed. I agree. Totally. What's everyone's favourite wrestling song ever? Just shout it out. Demolition. I heard Real American. Broken Dreams. 
Ass Man. <laughs> that was written by Jim Johnson. Let's face it, that is a Jim Johnson classic. Big Boss Man. Didn't Big Boss Man for ages have that like generic theme four? But it was quite good. No, it was quite good. Um, does anyone else have anything else they want to say about wrestling themes? I do agree the WWE ones need to be better. They're all generic rock. I want to ask Jim Johnson how, I don't know if anybody remembers this, but in the 90s, ITV used to license WWF themes as background music for adverts. They did, I it's true. genuinely watched a football advert with Steve Blackman's theme on it. I remember and I was that, telling yeah. everybody, this is Steve Blackman. Like, who the hell is Steve Blackman? Like, it's Steve Blackman from the wrestling music. It's an advert for the match. I'm like, I don't know how they've got it, but they just do. So I want to know how that ended up. Whether I don't know, maybe Jim Johnson just took random bits of music and just made them into wrestling themes and that was like a free thing. Well, I have if you think WWE let him keep the rights to those songs, you've got another thing Yeah, coming. like, well, then how does it happen? How does it end up advertising Sheffield Wednesday versus Tottenham? <laughs> how? Well, Goldberg's music's license-free. Well, not license-free, you can license it. You can just You're go. not coming out to it every single show you do. I've done so much Goldberg crap, you wouldn't believe. I would. There's people out there that still think Goldberg taught me the spear. I had a show the other day, and someone came up to me and went, did, did Goldberg really teach you the spear? And I went, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and he walked on, I saw him telling his girlfriend. And I was like, there's a lie that will get me sued one day. Okay, let's move on to, because obviously we're all pumped for WWE because we're here for that event, but All Out is somehow this weekend too. I knew it was coming, I knew it was coming. Now, they've been a bit different with their old main event. Only announced it four days, five days, whatever it may have been. Before. Excuse me? <laughs> Nine days. What did he say? Nine days. Who, who employed the calendar? Thanks for coming. <laughs> that didn't make sense. But on, let's go down the line. And do we like this? Do we like not announcing the main event till so soon? I like it because I think we have so much wrestling. Yeah, just give me something different, please. Like, I'm so, we don't need to do the same thing every single time because that kind of defeats the object. If we kind of came on for six months and we went away, probably good to go with the tried and tested formula. And look, ultimately, if we want to get super geeky about it, buy rates, etc. But in terms of my interest, I dig it. Especially because now I don't know what they're going to do. I'm into it but I think they've taken a risk and it's gone a little bit too far. I think the whole idea was for CM Punk to act like a complete arsehole, get absolutely embarrassed, have a self-pity party, and then the whole Chicago would rise up and help them through it. But the problem is that the man, or the character, or both, is such an arsehole, like <laughs> such an arsehole, and so good at being an arsehole, and I'll say this as an absolutely massive CM Punk fan, that I honestly think that in that moment when he buried Hangman Page and cut that promo on John Moxley and did the Snow Angels, I think everyone just kind of clicked and thought, I want to see you as a heel. Like, I absolutely want to see you as a heel. I think it's a really good story. Um, I think it's fundamentally flawed. And if you look at the last... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days, you should celebrate with jewelry. 
Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Two um, AEW pay-per-view builds, not including Forbidden Door, uh, between the Hangman page and the John Moxley matches. The lesson it's proven to me is that good, vibe, uh, good guy versus bad guy is absolutely the way to go. Like, if you look at the last two ones, I just think that they've confused the audience more than they've compelled them, so that is just my take on it. Yeah, I mostly agree with that. I think it's worth experimenting. We'll talk about this on the train down today. Um, you know, that TV rating that they got might build buzz, which will build more ratings, which will build more ratings, but it's some numbers. There's a fiend out of the mic. I wondered how long it would take for the fiend to come up. <laughs> we finally let him in. It's because we're talking about AEW. The thing's like trying to... No, it's, um, it's really subjective, this one, isn't it? It's how you feel. I don't think I'm any more hyped than I would have been three weeks ago when John Moxley showed the barge CM Punk. So this has been a lot of stuff, a lot of fuss, a lot of chat, and all that's really good. But do I feel any more hyped for a pay-per-view main event? Probably not. Like, it's to be admired, but I'm not sure it was... I'm not sure the juice is worth the squeeze this time. Yeah, boringly, I have the exact same, same take as Michael. Um, although it's interesting because after the first angle, I think we had polar opposite takes. Now we've arrived at the same destination. Um, yeah, I was really into it. This week, I felt that it, it felt like a month-long storyline condensed into two hours, which is quite something that happens a lot at AEW. I like the product, but it does happen a lot. Mostly, uh, I love John Moxley more than I love being alive. And I'm incapable of judging his work objectively. So I'm into it. That's how it works. I've got nothing insightful to offer at all. That's not my, that's not my gig anymore. Like, I don't have to do insight. That was never particularly insightful to begin with. But now I just come into the office. I've not caught up on anything. I just some assortment of this lot are going, oh, did you see Dynamite? Dick Hammerbush and uh, the, the, po the Pogo Puncher. Oh, what a ripper, brother. And they go, oh, not for me, brother. Oh, I think that sucks. Oh, yeah, it's great. They should do this. And I just have to sit in the corner like, I've lost touch with all of this so much. This is going to make for a really, really good podcast, this, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's Wrestle Culture! I don't think I have anything else to add either. Probably okay. should have gone first and not let all these guys go first with their, with their proper points. Uh, the so one thing I will say, at least they tried. Like It's a swing and maybe a miss, but now they'll know not to maybe do that again. But like they never would have known that if they didn't try it. And you've got to throw things out there. You've got to have a little bit of difference every now and then. And because you never know, it might have been absolutely amazing. And it might have been a formula they could have done again. But yeah, probably not. Or it's going to be amazing, right? <laughs> Think about it. Like it, it, Yes, obviously, the builds be weird. I think we're all on the same kind of boat there. It's not what you're used to seeing. It's very different. But if at the end, it's, it's high risk, isn't it? Because if they actually manage to execute this really well, we're going to be like, is this guy actually a secret genius? Like... It might actually work. So I'm trying to kind of stay positive. I'd like to see it go down the way. I, I'd like to know, actually, who everybody thinks is actually going to win this one. Well, I was about to ask that. Yeah. When, when's this going live, Phil? When are we putting this out? Yeah, All right, we are putting it out today. Okay, so we can do that. So let's go all the way to the end, to me, and then we'll ask you guys as well. Who is going to win CM Punk? And if you've got any, like, predictions, like MGF comes out, throw that in there as well. 
Yeah, it should be Moxley because he's the man, but it is going to be CM Punk. And look, he's a massive needle mover for AEW within the parameters of modern pro wrestling. So it kind of makes no sense for them to not do the six-month babyface CM Punk run. But as I've mentioned, he is a massive arsehole. So he might have turned himself <laughs> heel already. But I think for a fundamental business decision, it's heart and head. Heart wants Moxley, head says Punk. Punk. <laughs> also Punk. CM Punk, and it's going to absolutely break my heart. So maybe that's the point. I, 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 sometimes I think it's so easy now that we're all more up on all of this than we would have used to have been, and AW like that. Maybe it's just nice to feel the, the real emotions. I'm going to be super angry. when, And I like jumped up and cheered when he beat Hangman Page, and that wasn't universally popular either, but he was my guy more than Page. I'm going to be devastated when Moxley loses, and maybe that's all right sometimes to feel like that. Uh, I'm really boringly going to go punk as well. Tony Khan's made it blatantly clear how much of a ratings draw he is and how much how high he is on him. Like the median call for All Out, comparing uh, his doing him doing his uh, in-ring speech to Thunder Rosa doing an in-ring speech. Uh, he has wildly different views about these people, and he's very high up in punk. So I'm going to go with punk. He's definitely high on something. <laughs> That's for sure. See, <laughs> I'm punk. I mean, obviously not Tony Khan. Honestly. No, unfortunately, I think again, uh, Hart really, really, really wanted to be Moxley. Because he's just the best, isn't he? He's, he's like the, the absolute best. He's the baddest man on the planet. Everything he's done so far in this run has been a... Oh, come on, let me do my bit, come on. Uh, it's been amazing. And like to see it have to disappear because CM Punk is the rating straw is a shame. It will add an interesting narrative to it, I guess. But I guess it's going to have to be Punk, isn't it? I don't know how, though. It's going to be the interesting part of finding out. I'm going to go with Punk too, but to book it like Reddit would book it. I am going to say Don't that MJ, it like Reddit MJ it. no, no, MJF's going to come out and he's going to be the fiend. And it's going <laughs> <laughs> to. I love those Fiendman. <laughs> I love those Reddit posts. I think CM Punk should win, and I think there should be like AEW rarely has a last pay per view match that is filled with shenanigans. So I think this should be the one because you can do that. It's when you overdo it that is the problem. And it would piss a few people off because they want the purity. But I think, like you said, Michael, like, sometimes that's okay. Sometimes the point is to piss people off. And I think we forget that sometimes. You don't want every movie to end with the hero riding off into the, into the sunset. But ultimately, you don't want it to go... Unless it's John Moxley. <laughs> so, quickly, again, I'll say a name, you make noise. We'll say the other name, we make noise. Let's go, not who you think. Who wants John Moxley to win? And who wants CM Punk to win? So that's less. Now let's switch it. Who thinks, like, actually, if you were sitting there, you're Tony Khan, write it down. Who thinks John Moxley will win? Oh, Look no. at that. Oh, no. It's like me when I go home. Silence. <laughs> who, well, there's no point. It's a waste of our breath. Who wants to waste some breath? Who thinks that CM Punk will win? Way. Pointless. Uh, <laughs> but it was, was it? So is that a bad build, then? Like, you started this, we were talking about it being unpredictable, it feels really exciting. Is that not sort of ruin the point? If a, if a straw poll of enough people to suggest that... I will counter that win. by saying, if you had told me two weeks ago that Punk was going to lose in three minutes, I would have said, no way. So maybe Moxley is going to win. I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Right. So I'll add just two little points to that. One, I can't believe you asked for a show of hands on an audio format, first of all. And two... True. As someone who's took a bit of a step back from the coverage the last sort of 18 months, like, this is all new. Like, I know AEW's been going, like, quite a while, but this whole, like, hey, oh, my head says this, my heart says this. Like, you guys and myself included, we weren't saying that, like, a year ago or two years ago. It was like, well, they'll do that, and if they don't do that, they'll do something stupid instead. 
Like this whole, like, oh, I, you know, Hamlet's sitting there going, he's my guy, I really want him to win, I don't know if the build's for it. And I know everyone's, that everyone is high on Punk and thinks he's going to win. But I bet if we asked everybody out of 10 how convinced are you he's going to win, it literally just tips the needle past the other way from Moxley. It just does it consistently. I don't think anybody's 10 out of 10 certain it's going to happen. Which, for wrestling over the last five years, certainly the amount of time we've been covering it as a team, is really good. Like, you should get to go into things and maybe get your heart broken or be annoyed and you're not sure if it's a decision that's been made backstage or if it's this, that, and the other. It's way more interesting now than it has been for so long. And that's nice. Totally that's agree. just nice. I think that's very lovely put as well. That wasn't a sentence. Very lovely put. <laughs> Thank you. All right, so we'll finish off this podcast by doing a quick... I don't know how we're going to do this, but we'll figure it out. We'll take a few questions, I think, from you guys. Um, so put your hand in the air if you do have a question. Thankfully, one person does. If they <laughs> shout it, is it going to... I guess I could just repeat it, couldn't I? Who's got a wireless mic? There you go. Oh, there you go. go. Off you go. So we'll start... He, the man at the back put his hand up first. Well, I meant a different man. I mean, literally the man at the back. <laughs> but we'll do you first. We'll do you first, then we'll go to the man at the back. Oh, no, we won't. There we go. <laughs> why, why do you hate Will Ospreay so much? What's he done to hurt you? Who hates Will Ospreay? Ooh. I, like, I think Will Ospreay is like the best wrestler in the world. Who hates Will Ospreay? <laughs> I don't particularly like him. I know the answer, by the way. I was being facetious. I think he's a but... phenomenal professional wrestler. He's a f phenomenal professional wrestler, and I don't wish to uh, do any libel or slander. I was just about to say, Adam Cleary. Adam so Cleary. Unfortunately, I can't answer. Have you spoken to the lawyers about this or not? I was going to say, me and Phil worked with him. Obviously, WCPW alumni. Obviously, big cheer for that. He bought us a Greg's once. But a hundred Greg sausage rolls. Hundred Greg's, and that's all I've got to say about any of that. My, so that makes my it objectively own... good. That makes him objectively good. <laughs> well, my only Will Ospreay story is a WCPW story. And that's when I was doing a lot of the driving. And in my car, driving to, I believe it was Gatwick Airport, I had Will Ospreay, I had B Priestley, I had Ricochet. Unfortunately, now with everything, but how we didn't know the time, I had Paige, I had Abel Del Rio, and Christ. I had Jim Ross. <laughs> and I remember driving home really tired going, if I crash, I'm going to wipe out the past, present, and future of professional wrestling. <laughs> Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. How big's this car? Oh, we got it was like a wagon. Right. Yeah, like a cowboy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, we can right, get the other man we were uh, uh, going to do. Again, sorry. Uh, so it's kind of like a two-part question almost. Which one uh, do you think is the most likely, and which one will get the biggest pop out of the next three things do you think that could happen tomorrow night? Number one, Tegan Knox returns. Number two, Flash and Mark Andrews. Answer an open challenge from the Usos. And number three, Mason Ryan returns. <laughs> <laughs> Get that man a round of applause. <laughs> You've answered that yourself, you realise, by putting it in the room, haven't you? I was like, Tegan, nothing's going to top Tegan. I think that's it. Like, yeah, Tegan Knox, everybody was like, really with the sentiment for the first two, and then it's like, you've named a jacked body guy. <laughs> like, we're all in. We're all in on the big guy. They can't get Sid, but they can get Mason Ryan. <laughs> I would react pretty big if Mason Ryan came back. I was like, God, so jacked. I'm not going to... Sometimes that's all I want. Oh, he's got big muscles. Oh, he must be the best. I think of all the returns, I think Tegan Knox is probably the most realistic. I think some people have gone crazy and been like, I do not think Bray Wyatt returns on this show. You save that for a Raw or a SmackDown. I just don't think they do it over here. Why do you come here? Say the show starts at 10 a.m. US time. 
The Fiend ain't coming back at 11.30 in Florida <laughs> in the morning. It's not happening. I'd like it to. I want everything to happen tomorrow because we'll have a good time. But yeah, Mason Ryan for the win. All right, we've got time for one or two more. Oh, two, great. All right, so my friend sent me this question a couple of days ago and I thought it was quite cool. So it was, um, the question was about how wrestling fans are no longer just fans and they try too hard to be the writers. So when they go into a pay-per-view, the thought process, oh, this person should win so they could do this, this person should win for this reason, rather than being like, I like this wrestler, I want them to win. And it's became too much more of a, oh, I, I want to be involved rather than I just want to enjoy it. So what would you say to that? I personally think both approaches are fine. I've always been an analytical person about wrestling. I've always been a completely pedantic twat. It's just the way I'm <laughs> wired. Um, but it's, it's anything that sparks your imagination and leaves an impression, either on a, a mental or emotional level, I think both approaches are absolutely fine. And I don't like the idea of um, certain old-school wrestlers like Bully Ray saying, oh, you know, just have fun, be a mark, enjoy the show. It's like, no, absolutely not. Like... There is a guy who had the exact same approach that some of these old guys uh, criticize. He was too analytical, he was on the message boards, um, he was a mark, he liked stuff that wasn't mainstream, and he's booking AEW right now. So if it wasn't for people like that, if it wasn't for fans like that, we wouldn't have Tony Khan building All Elite Wrestling and wrestling being much better, significantly better than it's been at any other point in the 21st century. But it's fine to feel things, but don't let people spoil your analytical nerd fun. It made AEW, so tell those Bully Ray people to fuck off. <laughs> wrestling's, I was going to say, wrestling's also super weird in that the weird behind-the-scenes nonsense is almost more entertaining than the stuff that goes on as well, so you kind of do want to get involved with that just because it's such a crazy-ass world and, like, stories you hear is just so batshit crazy. It's absolutely nuts. But at the end of the day, like what you like, however the hell you want to like it, and screw anyone else who says differently. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah Phil. Yeah. Question. Uh, where was that last question? It was, uh, so, I'm so sorry. That's oh, terrible. Oh, come on, Carl. We've got time for both questions. Surely, come on. Hello. Um, so, my question is, um, do you think it's impacted AEW negatively, um, companies like Ring of Honor, Impact, and New Japan, sort of integrating too much into their um, system and making like laps fans finding it a bit too complicated to keep up with all these different storylines from all these different companies. Um, I know the hardcore fans would love it, but I think if you're a new fan, it might be quite hard to get into. Yeah, I was just. I personally like it. I think it's hard to balance, which comes down to TV time, right? Arguably, if WWE had that approach, I think they'd do it better just because they've got more time to, to embrace it on the TV. But I think because I've been watching wrestling for so long, for example, at All Out, knowing that most, the Motor City Machine Guns are going to get what well, is probably their biggest match ever in terms of an audience, I, 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 it kind of goes back to what you, what you said. I become the human-to-human -human fan. Where I'm like, oh, isn't it cool that Alex Shelley and Chris Saban are going to get this opportunity? And I don't really think about the actual ramifications of that. So, But it is difficult, but... You can do it, but of course you don't want them to neglect people that are actually on your roster all the time, which, I mean, that goes back to the invasion angle back, you know, WWF, WCW. It was, oh, we must kill WCW because they're not as good. It's like you bought them. We all know that you won. And, you need, and I think it's been much better now. But yeah, you, it's just, 
when you only have what, three hours of television a week and you've already got a massive roster and you've got other people coming in and you're going to get fans that are specifically watching for AEW talent and they don't get it, it's hard. You have to like serve many masters and I think that can be quite tough. Last question. Oh, yes, there we go. It's better be really good, by the way. <laughs> Probably disappointing, but um, if Sunday wasn't in Chicago, does Punk still go over? Great question. Great question. Maybe not. Honestly, honestly, maybe not. Punk was so great, I thought, on Wednesday's Dynamite, not just of like rallying the crowd, but almost trying to subtly heal himself to them as well. Um, and I think that's AEW bravely, possibly stupidly, rising to the challenge of trying to get him booed in Chicago. Some of that could go horribly wrong. It's turned Steve Austin in Texas and that ended up a disaster. But I think, like, they're thinking the audience is going to really help on Sunday because Punk still needs to be a babyface this one last time. They might not have needed that. They might not have been under that pressure if it was anywhere else. The fans on Wednesday were more split than I would have imagined until Punk kind of dragged them kicking and screaming and cheering for him. So, yeah, maybe if it was somewhere else, Mox being the overwhelming favourite. You would need Punk to cheat, like, horrifically, almost cartoonishly. A Steel coming in and being his Don Callis and completely screwing John Moxley in order to, if it was anywhere else, but I don't know. I, I think that's a, it's an, I think that's like a cool alternate timeline because I think Moxley would stand a much greater chance. Yeah, I completely agree. And like, I think AEW has shown it, it's pretty good at adapting to what people are thinking and what people are saying online and stuff. And the year John Moxley's had has been absurd, completely ridiculous. It feels like whether it's in AEW, whether it's uh, guesting for GCW, uh, guesting he's the world champion, what am I talking about? Whether it's so on some other indie, whether it's on a New Japan show, it feels like he has like a four and a half star match every single week, it's nuts. Um, there's a massive swell of momentum behind him at the moment. I think this is the best year of his career, honestly, and I loved his, well, what, what year did he have the great G1 run? 2019. 2019, 2019. I love that year as well. Um, I mean, there's a really strong argument that he should just win to keep this run going. So it's really interesting, and I'm glad that, that, that we actually can have this conversation about the match instead of just going, uh, you know, they're going to give me a screw job win and a distraction and all that stuff. It's a good time. That's it, right? We're done. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. <laughs> if you are listening on audio, remember to subscribe and leave us a rating and tell us how weird this one was. <laughs> Which is true. Don't worry. It'll be back to its regular nonsense later. Thank you for joining us in the room. We'll see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.